0: Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship it is the status symbol to achieve, and following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Dr. Wyatt Show is listener-supported, so to help keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for their marriage, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash Show going to start with some questions that came in today. I'm sure most of you have questions. Feel free to send me your questions. You can message me your questions on Facebook, on Instagram, or you can email them to me at info at drwyattfisher.com. And I'm always happy to try to respond back. So here's question number one that came in. I'm on my second marriage and my new husband refuses to financially support my kids. It really hurts my feelings. What should I do? Well, Your husband is off. What needs to happen when you have a blended family and any, even if it's not a blended family, even if there's no kids involved and you're getting married for the first time, when you become married, your money, the all income coming in becomes our income. Then once you're viewing all money coming in as our income, you want to set a budget. You want to develop a budget that you're both in agreement on. So that's where you need to look at what are all of our expenses. And some of those expenses are going to be for our kids. And so it sounds like your husband isn't operating as a partner. And so, again, I would recommend there needs to be a mindset shift. When you're married, all money coming in becomes our money. Then you need to develop a budget for all of our expenses. That you both agree on. So you're going to probably have to meet in the middle and negotiate and compromise. But that will help you become a more of a unified front financially which will then help you relationally. Question number two. My husband constantly won't have sex because he has a low desire. He says it's just how he's wired. What should I do? I hate it when I hear someone say, I have low libido and so I can't help it, so therefore we're not going to have sex. Doesn't work like that. If you're in a marriage, regular sexual contact is important. However... You need to compromise on frequency. Most marriages have a high libido partner and a low libido partner. So it can't be the frequency of the high libido partner, and it can also be the frequency of the low libido partner. You have to meet in the middle. You have to compromise, you have to talk about it. What would be your ideal frequency? What's my ideal frequency? You have to meet in the middle. And for the low libido partner, also talk about what would make you have a higher libido. Maybe you have some resentment you have to work through in the marriage. Maybe you need some more affection. Maybe you need some more emotional connection. Maybe you need to change things up in the bedroom so you look more forward to that physical contact. But if you have a low libido, that's no excuse for having no sex in your marriage. Regular sexual contact is a vital ingredient to a healthy marriage. However, it needs to be approached in a way that works for both partners. Okay. The focus today is on four steps to conflict resolution so a lot of couples have conflicts all couples have conflicts some are big some are minor some are in the middle a lot of people will stuff down their negative feelings because they don't want it to turn into a conflict conflict is so uncomfortable we hate conflict no one likes conflict. And if you do, you have problems. <laughs> you may some people thrive off conflict and they're kind of adrenaline junkies with anger. That's not healthy. But it's also not healthy to stuff down all your negative feelings and never bring things up. So a lot of couples will ask, you know, what do we do after we've had a conflict? And there's the reunite tools what I recommend to most couples to use. But sometimes you want something else, like all alternative ideas or something that's just really simple. And so I'm going to go through a simple four-step solution on how to process through conflicts after they've happened. So let's imagine you and your partner have gotten into a little squabble. Maybe things got tense. One or both of you started getting upset. And then you stopped. The conflict stopped for whatever reason. And now what do you do? Because if you just act like nothing just happened and you just go about your day that's not gonna go over well because that's a huge rip in your rapport. So you have to have some kind of skill set to process through the conflict, to talk through what just happened. So I'm gonna go through four steps to help you do that. First step is you have to deflood. What happens to you when you flood? When you flood, you move from parasympathetic nervous system into the sympathetic nervous system. You get into fight or flight your heart rate increases it goes from deep and from your belly up into short and shallow from your chest the oxygen and blood flow goes to your core because literally your body is getting ready for fight or flight and that's why it's hard to focus it's hard to think physiological symptoms can range from tingling in your head to sweaty palms to a burning sensation in your chest all sorts of different things can happen for us but if you're flooded you have to relax that's the first step if you have a conflict with your partner the first thing you need to do is say flooded and then you need to go your separate ways and deflood. It takes usually a minimum of 20 minutes to deflood, and it could take a day no longer than 24 hours because you don't want to use the de-flood time as an excuse to avoid the conflict. You're committing to coming back to the topic but only once you're both de-flooded. So during your de-flood time, you have to do what's going to lower your heart rate and get you out of fight or flight and get you back into your parasympathetic nervous system. So maybe that means going for a walk or spending time in nature or reading a book or taking a nap or taking a hot bath. What's going to calm you down? When you get calm and your partner is calm, you're ready to go to number two. Number two is you're going to discuss your experience of the conflict with your partner. You're going to discuss your experience and then they're going to discuss their experience. It's important to discuss your experience because everyone has different experiences in a conflict. And experiences are convoluted because they're a mixture of the facts combined with our triggers, combined with our assumptions, combined with our interpretations So our experience is loaded, and a lot of couples will go off course here because they'll start arguing about what was really said or about what really happened. It really doesn't matter. What matters is how you both experienced the conflict. How were you both experiencing your partner? That's what you need to talk about. So you just take turns, and you would say, okay, this is how i was feeling this is what was going on for me this is how i was experiencing you during that conflict this was what was getting triggered for me these are the kind of things that started making me think and what it made me feel and what it triggered within me that's discussing your experience and then you hear your partner's experience now when you're doing this step it's very important not to counter your partner's experience don't tell your partner that their experience is wrong And what they just said isn't right and what they just felt they shouldn't be feeling don't counter their experience you can't ever argue against someone's experience and again experiences are fusing together facts combined with all sorts of emotional elements and so you're not going to win trying to argue against your partner's experience just respect their experience just listen to their experience hear their experience It'll help you see what happens for them. It'll help you understand them deeper. It'll help you see why they get triggered and why they got upset. So that's step number two. So you're just going to take turns hearing and listening and respecting your partner's experience of the conflict. Number three, you're going to discuss your frustrations. What happened for you that frustrated you during the conflict? That's where you're going to share Well, I felt frustrated because I felt voiceless, or I felt frustrated because it felt like my needs didn't matter, or I felt frustrated because I felt criticized, or I felt frustrated because I felt alone. Whatever it is for you, that's number three. You talk about your frustration. Something upset you. You might need some time to figure out what it was, but you're just going to talk about your frustration. What was it for you? Then you're going to listen to your partner and what frustrated them. And again, Don't counter your partner with what frustrated them. It is what it is. That's how they felt. You're not going to talk them out of how they felt. You have to listen to how they felt. Respect how they felt. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Doesn't mean you're on the same page. But what it does mean is you're just listening to what made them upset. You're learning about what just happened for them, and they're going to learn about what happened for you and what upset you and why you got defensive or why you got triggered or why, why you started crying or why you got your feelings hurt. That's step number three. You're going to talk about what was frustrating for both of you during the conflict. Number four, you're going to discuss adjustments. So we've deflooded We both have talked about our experience of the conflict, what was going on for both of us, and we both have talked about our frustrations, what was getting triggered within us during the conflict. Now we're going to talk about adjustments. So adjustments are things that you would love your partner to do different moving forward. And don't turn these into complaints or criticisms. Don't say, well, I would love it if you weren't such a jerk or I would love it if you could be less selfish Don't turn this into criticism, but be positive. Talk about positive things you want to see more of, such as, I would love to feel like we're more of a team. I would love for you to check in with me when making decisions instead of just doing the decisions you want to do. Or I would love to feel like my needs are more tended to and that we could discuss those needs on a regular basis. Or I wish that we could have more quality time together. I wish that we could carve out more time so I would feel like our relationship matters. Or I wish we could share power more on parenting topics. I wish we could discuss our decisions behind closed doors before presenting our decision to our kids. Or I wish we could share our values more around money so that we're honoring both our tendency to want to save and our tendency to want to spend. I wish we could just have more open dialogue around money and get on the same page. Whatever it is, this is your chance to talk about the adjustments. What adjustments do you want to make, do you want your partner to make, do you need as a relationship to make moving forward? Because those adjustments are going to address what upset you in the conflict. We need adjustments. And think about that moving forward. So the next time you have a conflict, think about these four steps after the conflict. You have to process through your conflicts. Don't sweep your conflict under the rug. Don't act like that conflict didn't happen. Don't just stuff it down because then it's just going to make you detach or blow up. You have to learn skills to process through conflicts after they happen. So those are some four ideas to consider. So again, number one, deflood after the conflict. Number two, come together and discuss both of your experiences without Critiquing the other person's experience. Number three, discuss both of your frustrations in the conflict. And then number four, discuss adjustments you would love to see in your partner moving forward. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Wyatt Show. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to click the five stars and leave a review and tell your family and friends about the podcast. Marriage is hard, relationships are hard and we all need help and hope. If For more marriage resources, be sure to go to my website. It's drwyattfisher.com. And if this podcast has made a positive impact on your relationship, I'd love to have you on the podcast. I'd love to hear your story, to interview you, and have you do a We're In Love scream live on the podcast because that inspires so many people listening. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it, it will grow. It will heal But if you neglect it, it will slowly wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.